This, this is the Second Second Story Podcast. Welcome back to the Second Story Podcast. I'm Max Spitz. At the time of this episode's release, another national U.S. election has just come and gone. One consistent theme within the American election cycle is always identity. We're often asked to put our beliefs within an identity. The question isn't, are you voting for a Democrat or Republican? But rather, are you a Democrat or Republican? In this week's story, teller Orlena McLaurin shares how a certain identity within the political landscape eluded her for some time until a shocking personal experience helped her find her place in the movement. Recorded live in Chicago in November 2022, Second Story is proud to present Everything for the Cardi B Fear. It's fall 2017, 1 a.m., and I'm Uber driving near Grand and Damon. Though I love my full-time job, it just ain't covering my many doctor's bills. Autoimmune disease, whole nother story. It's been a slow night, so I take advantage of the lull in business to listen to something that would normally offend one of my fares, but might just keep me awake. I turn on Cardi B's Bodak Yellow. Said little bitch, you can't fuck with me if you wanted to. These expensive, these is red bottoms, these is bloody shoes. I lose myself for a moment as the haunting bass line accentuates her husky staccato rhythms. A notification for a pickup snaps me back to reality, and I head to a spot near Western and Augusta. It's a little industrial brick building that's clearly housing a wedding reception that's in the process of breaking up. About five minutes later, my fare, a white guy and a straight couple, also white, flag me down. You here for Jonathan? He asks. Yeah, hop in. Okay, so do I turn my serious radio to channel 15, the appropriate for all people channel, or let Cardi B educate him. I think that right as Jonathan starts talking to his friends about how much he loves Cardi B. So I leave it on. For a few blocks, I rap along to Cardi B's no-nonsense style in my head as Jonathan raps aloud. Hit the stove. I can get them both. I don't want to choose. And I'm quick. Cut a nigga off. So don't... Uh... Did he just say the N-word? He trailed off that last bit, but he clearly said the word nigga because the car gets noticeably quiet. <sighs> Do I say something, I think, struggling to ignore the now awkward silence echoing over Cardi B's vocals? With three white people in my car, two of whom are white men, I pause. What do I say? I mean, he clearly wasn't doing it in a malicious way, which was evident because he censored himself, but as a black person, I feel like I should say something? I turn on to Chicago Avenue heading east. Hmm, they said in the training, if I feel uncomfortable, I should ask the passenger to leave my vehicle. But if I put them out, all they'd have to do is call Uber and complain, and then my much-needed secondary cash flow would be gone. Not to mention, on a personal level, do I really want to be that person of color? The one who has to call out, challenge, and police grown-ass people who should know better? 
Cardi's on the last verse now. Or is it my job as a supposedly woke person of color to remind them that niggas are humans too? I turn onto Lakeshore Drive heading north as my passengers slowly begin chatting again. Bodak Yellow finishes and another song comes on. Well, I can't say anything now. The song is over, right? I think turning on to Sheridan Drive. Within minutes, we're at his destination, a nice beachfront skyscraper full of expensive condos. As they get out, I turn to say something, but all I can muster is a be safe and have a great night. If you hadn't guessed, I'm an overthinker. So when the Black Lives Matter movement started, I actually had a hard time saying Black Lives Matter out loud. Not because I wasn't proud to be black, but because as soon as someone would say that phrase, it would trigger negative responses, which was confusing to me. There was the hashtag all lives matter movement and the more politically correct hashtag brown lives matter movement that I, I mean, I tried to get behind them, but it felt fake. I, I felt like I needed to understand the movement, the discord, the disconnect to find my place in it. Then after a while, like Cardi B, the whole movement became a sensationalized fad, dissected down and then memed into insignificance because it was cool. So I honestly didn't know how or why to live with what I was feeling until this happened. Put your stuff in the back seat since you're getting out first. My 23-year-old nephew DeAndre says going over to his car. We just got back to my mom's in Juliet, Illinois, after a long but fun family road trip. I hoist a neon-colored book bag over my shoulder, silently thanking God. I took my nephew up on his offer to drive me and his 22-year-old girlfriend, Perla, to and from Forest Park, which is still another 40 minutes away. My nephew's car is not one of those sporty, sleek cars. <laughs> Who knew? He drives a bright burgundy sedan with tan seats and dark tinted windows. It honestly looks more like something my auntie would drive, but the seats aren't too bad, I think, as I slide into the back seat of his car, affectionately named the Red Assassin. Perla and Dee chat up front as we head north on Interstate 355. I desperately try to find a soft spot in back among our luggage to sleep on. After a while, I see a flash of white light hit Dee's rearview mirror through half-sleep eyelids. What the hell? I think raising my head. Then I see the rest of the lights. Bright blue and red. Oh, holy hell, we're getting pulled over. I sit up immediately alert. I quickly adjust my seatbelt so it can be clearly seen. My heartbeat starts to quicken as I wait for the officer to arrive at my nephew's window. Ooh, please, please, God, let the officer be black, I think to myself. It may not help, but as I look around the highway, I realize we are in very corporate and very white Oak Brook, Illinois, where young black men with Latina girlfriends in slicked up cars don't reside. I hope 
D says the right thing. I mean, he's not dumb or anything. In fact, he's a very articulate college student, but what if he questions the officer? My nephew, the psychology major, loves asking questions that he already knows the answer to. But I pray this is not one of those moments. Tish, you up? Perla asks. Yeah, I'm up. I don't know why he's pulling us over, D says to Perla. You weren't speeding, were you? Perla asks, barely visible from the back seat with her petite but mighty frame. I was barely going five over. Well, just, just keep cool, I say, trying not to sound as panicked as I was starting to feel. Should I get my phone out just in case? I say, thinking that they'd immediately shoot down my ridiculous question. When Perla turns around slowly and says, Maybe you should, Tish. Oh, holy hell. This is the kind of stuff I've only seen on the news. But it's late. We're in an affluent, predominantly white suburb, and there is nothing I can do to help my nephew but find my damn phone and hope nothing happens. Please, God, let there be a charge on it, I think, rummaging around my book bag. I find it and nervously fumble around trying to find the camera app. It's only been two years since Michael Brown was gunned down with his hands up as a white police officer, fearing for his life, shot him, and only a year since Sandra Bland was pulled over by a white police officer, only to mysteriously die in police custody. So I start praying hard for just a ticket. The cop approaches the window and, ooh, he's white. I notice how his hand rests on his gun, and I feel myself starting to skip breaths, shaking as I remember the guns that may or may not be packed somewhere in this car. Rewind to nine days prior. I'm standing in my mother's driveway alongside her gray minivan, arguing with my nephew, who's standing on the other side of the van, about the gun case he's trying to shove into the stow-and-go under the passenger seat. Oh, hell no, I say looking at the little beige case. Tisho, that's his nickname for me. You know I gotta bring it. Gotta go up to Aunt Dodge and get that ping, ping. Practice in, he says, mimicking a gun. Just looking at him make that gesture makes me nauseous. We are not taking a gun to Mississippi. Have you lost your damn mind? What if we get pulled over? Tisho, I'm a registered gun owner. It's not loaded. It'll be in the stone go. It's 2016 and you're a young black man. Are you trying to die? Quit being overdramatic. Shooting is a sport. I shoot for sport in the backwoods where it ain't no people. We'll be fine. <sighs> Though he can be a pain in the ass, my nephew is a good person. Intelligent, caring, and full of so much life to live and love to give that even chancing it seems otherworldly stupid to me. I continue to argue, to no avail, my stomach nodding itself in terror at the sheer thought of a gun being in the car, like a little nuke 
ready to go off at any time. As we sit on the side of the road in Oak Brook, I pray hard that my nephew left his gun in the gun safe at my mom's. My heart is pounding so loud, I can feel it in my face, ticking and tapping away like a, okay, okay, keep your shit together. Okay. Perla's not moving. DeAndre seems cool. We're cool. We're, we're cool. You know why I pulled you over? The officer asked, shining a bright flashlight around the car. No, DeAndre says. Hmm, where are you all coming from? He says after looking at the bags next to me and behind V. Oh, we just came back from vacation. We're on our way back home to Forest Park, DeAndre says. The cop's flashlight makes another sweep past my eyes. Oh, please, God, don't let him search the car. Please don't let him search the car. Please don't search the car. Oh, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I, I can't lose him. I can't lose either of them. I think trying to steady the sweaty cell phone in my hands. Oh, God, I hope I don't need to record this. Please, 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 God. I silently pray. Hmm. Well, you got a tail light out. Oh, oh, really? DeAndre asked. Shut the hell up and just let him write you a damn ticket. I silently think. Let me see your license and registration, he says. Cool. Okay. This could be over soon. He just has to move slowly. No sudden movements. The cop watches DeAndre calmly reach in his pocket to get his wallet. Hey, so far, so good. The cop swipes his flashlight over the glove compartment as Perla gets the little registration card. Oh, damn, damn, slow down, Perla. She hands the card to DeAndre, who hands his information to the officer, who departs back to his cruiser. I don't breathe again until the officer returns with just a warning for my nephew to get that taillight fixed. Not to be too simplistic, but in that moment, that moment right there, I got it. I got where my place was in the movement. Because that night, though my nephew and his girlfriend went home to sleep soundly in their beds, maybe writing it off as just another traffic stop, I realized with an unyielding clarity that the Black Lives Movement wasn't some abstract academic concept to dissect and debate. It's about my loved ones, my survival, my life. Because no one should have to justify their existence based on the color of their skin. I should not have to feel that fear. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. This story was produced by Ali Drum, curated by Amanda Delheimer, and directed by Matt Ferries. The Second Story podcast is produced by Max Spitz.
Second story is located in the traditional homelands of the Council of the Three Fires, the Odawa, Ojibwe, and Potawatomi nations. Our programming is made possible by the Arts Work Fund, Walter Foundation, MacArthur Fund for Arts and Culture at the Richard H. Driehaus Foundation, Paul M. Angel Family Foundation, Gaylord and Dorothy Donnelly Foundation, Illinois Arts Council Agency, the Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events, Innovation 80, the Lupo Family, Eric Rothstein and Gina Wamek, Athene Karras and Thomas Applegate, James Lupo, Jessica Wetmore, Hannah and George Stowe, and many generous individuals like you. I'm Max Spitz, and this, this is the Second, Second Story Podcast.